1: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast after Everton's 1-1 draw with Southampton. On Thursday night today, I'm joined by Adam Jones and Gavin Buckland. Chaps, sun is out. How are we?
2: (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even realize the sun was out. To be honest, until you've said something, that, like gen, genuinely, I've just had to look out the window and went, "Oh yeah, it is. It is actually." Yeah, it's been a it's been a tiring old day after a, a late finish yesterday and getting absolutely drenched walking home from Goodison. Oof. That was that was horrible. But yeah, apart from that, I'm alright.
1: Jeff uh, I'm about as happy as you can be after a one-all draw against Southampton. It's probably my best. Uh, <laughs> Steve. Best assessments of my
0: current state of mind, uh, Sam. Well, we'll we'll crack straight on into it then, Adam. You were you were at the game last night. You were one of the lucky slash unlucky ones who was in the stadium and <laughs> witnessing it firsthand. Uh, go on, then give us give us our thoughts. It was for me uh, a very very poor performance overall from from Everton,
2: wasn't it? I think that's probably a, a pretty pretty apt way to describe it if i'm honest. uh it was just just drab, it was dreary, it was uninspiring. uh it was everything really that the game against spares was, which is that little bit disappointing because before this game we were all saying that you know we were expecting a bit of a reaction after that uh defeat to spares. It was a bit too passive against Spurs in in particular and you know you may be making the excuse are they were away from home spares Spurs have just come off the back of a pretty disappointing defeat themselves, so you know maybe maybe you could see the excuses there. But you know, at home against uh, Southampton, who are now are better on the road than they are at home. Uh, but you know, when you when you're at home, you're expecting Everton to take the game by the scruff of the neck a little bit, especially after what was such a poor performance against Spurs. You're expecting them to come out quickly, attack the opponents, and it just wasn't like that at all. Southampton started. As the quicker team, uh, that first half, like Carlo Ancelotti said to himself after the end of the game, like his side sad we lucky to go in one-one. I still have absolutely no idea how it was how it was one-one half time halftime. Uh, it took an absolute moment of genius from Luca Dean and Richarlison uh, to to make that. So, and then the second half, I think things improved a little bit. I think that change in system certainly helped putting three men in midfield. Made, made us look at that little bit more solid but <sighs> coming off the back of that game you've got Southampton there had 61 percent possession against us at Goodison Park It's just not good enough I mean, it, it is just you you're, you're not gonna win games like that in the Premier League and when we want when we want the the goals that we've set for ourselves you know these, this European qualification that we want to achieve by the end of the season. You're just not going to be able to get that with performances like that. So, yeah, I, I, I left the ground feeling pretty, pretty disappointed with what I'd seen from Everton. And I'm, pre- I'm sure if there were 35,000 fans inside the stadium on uh, yesterday, uh, they would have had the same feeling as well.
0: Gavin, not, not good enough is the sentiment from Adam there. Is that something that
1: you would agree with? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um what i would say is this is not like sort of getting the, the team out of jail it's i've by and large found most of the games in this since restrictions were lifted pretty poor and most most reforms have been pretty poor uh by a lot of teams so aside from one or two so i'm putting a little bit in that context but yeah hugely disappointing uh as you say coming off the back of a, a poor performance at spurs uh i i if you decide after thirty minutes which of these teams lost nine nil before Christmas. You would <laughs> be. You, yeah. you would have said like well, it's heaven, obviously isn't it? you <laughs> know uh, when you've seen the way Southampton played. Yeah, and uh, they Southampton the first half especially where the everything we went, they were cohesive, they were slick, moved the ball well, um, got players into good positions up top. Uh, which was everything that we didn't. Um Centre to the park which i'm sure we'll talk about because everybody's talking about it, it was very non-existent He just played through us didn't he? um so in that concept it was a poor performance but on 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 the plus side and trying to be positive two games against leicester and southampton where we've largely been outplayed over the, over the course of those two games here in the second half against leicester we've somehow managed to scramble away four points so We have managed the two games reasonably well at the end. Second half last night, we did. So, no poor performance. I'm viewing it less than Southampton. Would you take four points in those two matches? at could probably. probably.
0: Gav has just touched on it there. Adam, but all the talk from those two games has been the midfield. We've spoken about it on here countless times. But was yesterday probably the Nadir of the midfield performances, especially probably since the restart and even including that 4-0 against Chelsea, even it just, a lot of people saying it, it seems too passive, it seems too slow. You know, there the just doesn't seem to be anything sparking in that midfield. Does there no relationships being formed, no kind of cohesion in it. How worried do you think Carlo Ancelotti is getting, even though you can turn around and say, you know, Gomez had that horrible injury which he's coming, which he's came back from, and is kind of, you know, might still be getting up to speed, but there's question marks over his form, over Alex Iwobi. Bernard hasn't done much to impress. You know, Tom Davis has been given a little run in the team, and his form fluctuates. It's only really a teenager in the form of Anthony Gordon providing any bright sparks in that midfield right now. Would you Would you agree with that?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think there were large parts, well, especially in the first half yesterday, where Anthony Gordon. Uh, was looking like the only player who was regularly trying to progress Everton up the pitch and, you know, essentially do his job in midfield. I think he was he was really good once again. And, you know, when you consider that's only his third Premier League start, uh, I think that would be really promising for Ancelotti to look at. But, you know, on the flip side, I think I completely agree with you. I would I would say that I don't think that was the worst I've seen the midfield perform. I still think that 4-0 against Chelsea was just... Absolutely abysmal, to be honest. I think the gaps that were left in the midfield that day, you know, they were expertly exploited by Chelsea, of course, uh, which I don't think Southampton did do yesterday. But yeah, I, I still think that performance was a lot worse. But the fact that this one wasn't wasn't that far off, considering we were at home as well. It's it, it, it really is it really is a cause for for concern, especially if we're going to keep the same system. I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like now the four four two just doesn't seem to work. With the especially with the midfielders that we've got currently fit and at our disposal, I just don't think. I think you know these these midfielders are good players in their own right. Gilfie Sigurdsson's got a lot of quality. Andre Gomez has got a lot of quality. Tom Davis has got a lot of quality. But you've got to play them all in the right system and play to their strengths almost. Uh, and I just don't think the four four two is the right way to do that. I think it places far too much responsibility on the central midfield in that system. They've got a effectively shield the back four and they've got to pick the ball up off these defenders and progresses off the pitch and create chances and when you've got Andre Gomez who's you know only recently come back from a long-term injury Tom Davis who's only getting his first real run in the team for a good long while or Gilfie Sigurdsson playing out of position if you've got a choice between two of those three uh, in that central area you're just not going to be able to you're not going to be able to win games like that I don't think and I think uh, it really, it really told yesterday that we changed system a little bit. We brought it will be off, brought Sadiby on, and moved Gordon into the midfield a little bit more, and had a, a three in midfield rather than the two. And I just think we looked loads, loads better. It wasn't perfect, of course. I think there were still there were still mistakes there, and I still think we'd prefer to have a little bit more of a defensive head in that area. I think it's particularly where we, you know we've said it so many times, we're missing a guy in that area, really, aren't we? Uh, so I still think there's a lot to improve in that area, but I just think packing it out with as many bodies as possible might just be the best way forward, because I just don't think we've got the personnel at the minute to play this 4-4-2 system. However much Ancelotti might like it, and you know, however much it has its benefits in terms of defence and attack, I just think we need, to, we need to start switching it up a bit because teams are starting to look at our midfield area and go, right, well, this is where the gaps are, and they, they're exploiting us far too often. So, yeah, I, I think looking ahead to the future, if we start playing three in the centre rather than two, I think we'll start looking a lot better. And, you know, we've got, what is it, four games left from four or five games left from now till the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah we've just, I think we've just got to pack out as many bodies as we can and try and limp our way to the transfer window, to be honest.
0: Gav, it's been a, a strange old season in, in the midfield. Do you know how Mason Holgate's played there and you know we have really struggled in that position and a and a kind of unfortunate injury to jabaman curtailed this season it, it, again fabian Delphi struggled but you know do you think even one midf- adding one midfielder in the summer could be enough after schneiderlin has gone do you think it's an area where we might have to bring in two bodies to, to as adam's saying you know fill out that squad and, and give us something to to go at next season to help carlo you know, play that formation that he wants and the
1: style of football that he wants um well it depends whether that's what the transfer funds are available and what the priorities are elsewhere how many midfielders we, we buy um but it, it's just it's i I agree with everything that Adam said there um for me the personal issue in midfield is is largely due to the, the rapid change over managers over the last three years isn't it really? So we've had the position say since since you know last few games where you've had the middle two of Sirkerson who was bought by and with Gomez who was bought by Silva both playing for Carlo Ancelotti. You know, and, and once once you get in that position, you've got three different managers, you've got three different views of the way midfield should operate. Um and you know, Silver wanted three in midfield effectively, didn't he? 3 Ronald maybe four, two, three, one with six playing up top. Uh, and carlo played four four two, so you've not got any midfielders you, you were suitable for the system as, as adam says and i would say in gomez's case hopelessly out of form even allowing for the fact that he's coming back from injury um you know sigurdson wasn't born as a mid wasn't born for 40 odd million quid to be midfield crunchy was he you No, know, at the end of the day no uh, um, We've not really got a natural defensive midfielder who's fit. You'd argue that Tom perhaps falls into that category. So you're going to get um, overrun in that that position, um, especially if you play four four two. What Adam's saying here about when we moved to three is correct. I mean, we also did the same against Leicester, didn't we? In the second half, and that was the problem with Chelsea. The Chelsea, the Chelsea performance was just as much as the fact that they had three in midfield than we had two, so you outnumbered then. So it's a question of, of tactics and the personnel we've got at the moment. Uh, how that's addressed, I don't know. I, I certainly agree that I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to see us go 4-3-3 if we could uh, between now and the end of the season. Um, but at the moment, so 4-4-2, it's not just the two in the middle. If you take, you know, Anthony Gordon's been OK, hasn't he? But it will be. He doesn't like playing wide size. I think that's pretty well known, isn't it? You know, um, he would rather play, I think, probably a floating room behind the, the front two. Um, so he's been play, playing out, out of position. Bernard, for me, is a major concern. He's been here two seasons. If you've been at a club two seasons and you've not really nailed down a first-team place, you've got to be asking questions about what your long-term or medium-term future is. He's far too lightweight. He's, he, he, you know, he has his moments of excellence, as we well know. But whether he would be somebody you'd hang your hat on to, to produce, you know, good performances week in, week out, is open to question. So it's not it's not just the the you know that middle two of the four four two I'll be looking at it's it's way really the the two outside operate. Carlo appears to be pretty adamant that he wants to go with this, but realistically, I would say at the moment we, we've hardly got a player who's got shoes to play in, in that system. And um, Walcott maybe when he you know when I know he's sort of back as such, but Wolcott could play wide right, I suppose, but. Um, they always worth thirty. Not a long term solution, really. Um, so it's the whole across the whole of the four. Really, we, we need to look at not just the middle two, but it goes back to funds and where the um, where where the manager wants to spend them. I, of course, listening to shared last night, we need to buy it, you know from new who, uh, who takes striker as the uh, as, as the priority, which may not necessarily be so for that view. I I agree with. But well, yeah, it, it, it's I can only agree with that, Adam said. But I think it's a far more widespread uh, problem than just the the two in the middle. It's, it's across the whole floor, I would say at this stage.
0: What what's been your thoughts on? Or what would be generally, Adam? I mean, we were there, weren't we, at the start of the season against Lincoln in the mm. cup, and he looked he br- certainly looked bright in those first few appearances. I think he scored there, and got one into Wolves, didn't
2: he? Mm.
0: Came on against Aston Villa, but since then hasn't quite managed to to hold down a place. As Gav's saying, you know, don't even quite know is he a right winger, a left winger? Does he play in the ten? And certainly, the last few games have not been probably his best in an, in an Everton shape with, with You couldn't stand on a Woby, you and know he seems to be dividing a lot
2: of opinion, certainly online at the moment. It's interesting, isn't it, when you look back at his last few games? Because I think I think in the knowledge game in particular, uh, especially in the second half, I thought he played quite well. I think that was kind of a woeby performance that we all wanted to see. I think every time he was picking up the ball in that game, he was at least looking to attack uh, the opponents and looking to create chances. It didn't come off every time. But I think you can make allowances for that when he's at least trying to be progressive and positive and get Everton up the other end of the pitch. And I think that's what we we wanted to see from him. Uh, Against Tottenham and against Southampton, we just haven't been able to see that at all, really. I think it's been... A lot more like his performance against Liverpool, where if if the ball doesn't really come down that side a lot, you forget that he's on the pitch almost. He just he just he, he just seems to do not a not a lot really. I think he got he got one chance in yesterday's game, forced a decent save. Out of McCarthy maybe could have done a bit better to put it either side of the keeper. I don't know, but it it, it really is a strange one because I think his versatility in a way works against him because. He hasn't been able to nail down a place anywhere in the sides. Like, I think probably his best position was in that West Ham game when he played in behind the striker, as Gav, as Gav was saying, like in that sort of free role. Uh, I think that was by far and away his best performance in an Everton shirt. And that's now seemingly a, pitching, a position which has just evaporated into thin air at Goodison Park. So he's kind of left in limbo a little bit. A couple of weeks ago, it looked like he'd maybe found a little bit of a route for himself down the right hand side. Now you'd say that he probably hasn't. And if Theo Walcott is fit, he probably should be starting ahead of a Woby. So it 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 really is difficult. I think he's just got to he's just got to try and nail down what his best position is. And I think you know the older you, the older you get, I think he's what like twenty three, twenty four now. You know, the old the older you get, the harder it becomes if you are that sort of versatile player who could play across across the uh, the midfield line because yeah you can do a job in in those positions but are you ever going to get a consistent run in the team in one of those areas if you're not specialising in one of them so I think he really needs to just start honing in his talents and trying to specialize in one particular area and you know try not to deviate from that as much as possible
1: the Royal blue podcast from the Liverpool echo.
0: We really after, you know, almost a, a season in, a player that cost us thirty million pounds, we're still kind of talking about where his best position is and where we're gonna see the best of him. You know, it, it's something that obviously has happened a lot of Everton down the years, but are you a little bit concerned by what you've seen from a What this season, or are you kinda of thinking he's still a young man who has played a lot of games in the Premier League and you know, with the coaching of Ancelotti can can still come good in Royal Blue?
1: Yeah, he well played played hundred and fifty games for Arsenal before he came to heaven, had So he's was not exactly inexperienced. Uh it, whether I'm concerned I'm concerned that it cost thirty five million pounds for the yeah. stars. That's my main <laughs> issue with it. He costs ten million quid, I'm probably about ten million is if it's a drop in the ocean. <laughs> uh if it costs ten million quid, maybe slightly less concerned. I am I'm con- I am concerned about where he plays and his level of performances on the basis that he costs £35 squid. in uh, I, i You know, we are a little bit short of numbers at the moment, so wide race hopefully will only be a temporary position. Uh, I don't want to say I think he's better behind, behind the front two. Um, but he can't really play behind the front two in a 4-4-2. That's the issue. You only really play behind the front, front two in a in a... A four-three-three or a four-two-three-one. so um i think um you know the 4-4-2 is hampering him at the moment where he's probably he, the problem is it's, it's quite simple really if you're an attacking player if you play four-four-two, if you're playing wide right in the midfield it's not being really playing as the second player you're playing as a wide midfielder yeah and um, it's a completely different role than playing 4-4-2 if you're playing wide in the middle it's a completely different if you're playing 4 3 or 4-2-3-1 you know um you're playing much deeper and um you've got a lot more defensive duties and stuff um so i i think that doesn't suit him at all but need, if he plays behind the stakers he can't do that four, four two, 4-2 so it goes back to what we were saying before when we the start of the conversation it's how the midfield sets up and carlos 4-4-2 finding the right players would appear on face value that I will be using the right player for 4-4-2. Even so, it, it's, it's whether Carlo's flexible enough uh, to take advantage of, of another system to maybe suit some of his players, even between now and the end of the season, as Adam was saying. Is that you think as well, Adam? Do you
0: think we should maybe be in a different position? Or do you think now maybe certainly against Wolves, it might be time for him he started every game since the restart. Is it time for him to drop out and and maybe try someone else on that right hand side? If Carlo
2: sticks with the four four two, well, in my head, I don't think we should stick with the four four two. I suppose I suppose any sort of switch of system might depend on the fitness of Andre Gomez. I think he's going to be checked over tomorrow before uh, before any decisions made over him. Uh, so. You know we might not be able to play three in in center midfield because we won't have three fit central midfielders which will be a concern in itself but you know for argument's sake if we were to go four two and if Theo Walcott was fit I would probably prefer to play him there even to be honest even if Walcott wasn't fit I'd maybe consider putting Richard Allison back out on back out on the wing whichever wing it is play anthony gordon on either wing either and uh put moyes keen up front because i think he deserves a bit of an opportunity from now to the end of the season. Uh i think we're at the we're at the stage of the campaign now where it's 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 obviously not impossible for us to qualify for europe but it's looking more and more unlikely now. I think we're 6 points behind Sheffield united as things stand, 5 points behind arsenal and we've only got four games to make up that gap and well not even just make up that gap but Overtake both of those teams as well, so it's it's looking fairly unlikely. So I'd be up for just a little bit of a, an experiment and you know maybe giving these players a chance to have them got that haven't got their opportunity. I think as you say, Woby's started every game since the lockdown. I think he's had ample opportunity to try and prove himself, and I think in the last two games he's not really lived up to that expectation. I think he got taken off against Spurs because he had a he, he was had a little tweak in his hamstring, maybe, but. Certainly didn't have that yesterday. He was taken off because of uh, he, di- he didn't make enough of an impact in the first half. So I'd like to see somebody else given a chance to have a bit of a run. Whether that be a fifth again Walcott, who before lockdown I thought was hit a nice little run of form, or whether that be uh, giving moise Keen a bit of a run out up front and maybe switching Richarlison because I think moise Keen has been rather unfortunate over the last few months that he just hasn't got sort of clear run at the team and uh, yeah I'd, I'd personally like to see him giving a little bit of a go So for you Gav
0: what about that then we've got, we've got Wolves coming up who, who are obviously above us in the table it's a difficult conundrum isn't it because you know Richarlison again what a goal that was yesterday position you know Carlos today Dominic Calvert-Lewin's goals are you know does Moise Keane deserve that opportunity if you're putting yourself in Carlo's shoes for Sunday, how are you kind of shaping up that squad? Does Keane come in? Does Walcott come back in? What 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 would your what would your
1: selection be? It's it's an interesting one, this isn't it? Um, because obviously, if we don't get in the Europa League, then you know that you'd say we'll try a different you know different formation, different players, maybe bring one or two players on the periphery and but what is it, one and a half million, two million pounds of place in the Premier League? Um, but not exactly, you know, with money at the moment, as we well know. So, you know, that has to be weighed against the fact that if you bring a few players in just to have a look at them, you lose a few games, you drop down a couple of places, it could cost you four or five million pounds. Um, so, I think you've got to strike a balance. But I, I do think, yeah, calvert lose another player, he looks a bit stale, doesn't he? I thought he, he made the mess of that chance last night. He's not really been great much. But, uh, I, I definitely think it'll be an opportunity for Moise Keen, it has been unfortunate a little bit. I, as we all well know, he's not been as, uh, you know, he's, a, he's been his own worst enemy on occasion, has not he? But I'd certainly like to see, see him given a the full game. He um, was given the full game was it against Newcastle who played as well, didn't he? Um, so I think, I definitely like to look at it again um, and give Moyes Keane a couple of ninety minute games between now and the end of the season. I mean, after all, if it did cost us thirty. He's not thirty million quid, isn't he? You know, uh, so I would do. I don't I don't think coming on the sub appears to suit him, does it? He comes on, he's a little no. bit all over the place. Um, I think I think we maybe see the best, best best of him or the best performance from him. You know, in a ninety minute game from from the start.
0: And Adam Richarlison, we've spoken about it a few times this season, but he is certainly our talisman at the moment. What a goal that was last night, and just how important is he to Everton? Carl Ancelotti and you know this rebuild and and the future we want to build over the next four and a half years under under Carlo.
2: Well, it's kind of like uh, Phil Phil was saying uh, after the game yesterday. You know, if if Richarlison is non-form, then Everton quite often struggle. Uh, yeah. He, he is—he's quite clearly just one of the one of, if not the most talented player in the squad. And I think it was so vital that uh, we signed him up to a long-term contract toward the end of last year. Uh, as you say, that goal yesterday—I think it just showed—it showed how how much he's improved in front of goal for me. He's—he's uh, he's not the kind of player who's going to miss too many of those chances these days, which I think is crucial for us because. You know, especially over the last few weeks, we haven't really been creating all that many clear-cut chances. So we can, we kind of need them to go in the back of the net when we do create them. And uh, Richarlison has been uh, has been quite good at doing that uh, over the over recent weeks and months. Uh, yeah, I think the, quali- the quality of that finish uh Well, I think to be fair, we need to talk about the quality of the pass from Luca Dean. I think uh, the speed in which he looks up and picks out that pass uh to richarlison you know if, if kevin de bruyne had picked out that pass that would be getting talked about for months and months and that was a that was an absolutely stunning ball for me and then richarlison first touch perfect uh second touch lofted it over the keeper keeper got a hand to it and still couldn't keep it out it was a it was a it was a great finish and it, it's a shame that we don't put on put on uh more chances like that for him to uh to put away he is as you say he is a he is a talisman for this team he is he he's somebody who if he if he doesn't perform then usually Everton don't uh, don't get all three points so he is he is absolutely vital and it, it it's just interesting I, I I still think i still think personally his position his best position is playing up front but there are still people who think he might be best coming here, coming in from out wide so it's just really interesting to see where he's going to lie in the future, but he 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 definitely has to be in Everton starting eleven for you know, hopefully years to come. Have you yeah. seen a lot
0: of quality Everton players in in your time? So do you think Richarlison has all the all the the hallmarks and all the makings of a someone who could really go down as a. A legend at this club, if, if he can kind of drag us to to where we want to be in terms of Europe and, and silverware, with the way he plays, he's he's a he's Brazilian, isn't he? But he's a he's a proper Everton player. He gets stuck in. He's he's not scared to kind of do the hard and even forward, and, and he's capable of a, a
1: moment of brilliance. Absolutely, um, you know, I think he's got more in this locker than say Lukaku for the start. Yeah, in terms of his. The word, you know his ability and his all his all-round ability and the way he understands the game, you know I spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not. But he's he, he's got if he if he gets his off the field activities right, which they are, um, and maintains his progress on the pitch, you become easily an elite player. You know you're talking high-end Champions League standards. Um, I always get impressed with Richarlison that mindset slightly different to the rest of the players on the pitch for us I just get you know we, we talk about mentality and all that type of stuff I, I get the impression his is slightly slightly different he I mean, there was a good stat about him is it is it only Neymar who's in the top five leagues who's a Brazilian who scored more league goals than him since the start of last season um but he's yeah. much more than his goals output isn't he um he, he works hard He's feisty. Um, it's good to say, one thing I, I like about him, and it shows that he is thinking about his game, is even when he came here um, for his first six to eight months, he, he always got the impression that he wasn't happy and he was, his shoulders were dropping, his body language wasn't great. i had that thing, remember about him going to ground too early and sort of staying on the, on the ground, and he, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, he's appeared to have addressed all that, which is a good thing. And he's eminently capable of becoming, you know, certainly in the Premier League era, one of our one of our best players. And I would say you could argue that he's there or thereabouts now, which is probably said more about our Premier League teams than, than the Charleston. But oh yeah, easily. Really talented guy, love him. Um lots of ability. And you know, as Adam was said, one of his fences, he can he can probably play across the front three. Carney, which is which is no mean feat as well, and he's a good finisher. His finishing's come on a bundle. I think he only got five in his first season with Watford, didn't he? And mm-hmm. um, you know, his finishing could be a bit erratic, but his finishing and confidence in front of goal is improved. And you, you, the 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 downside of that is, as we've seen this week, is he's getting targeted now, isn't he, by opponents? Yeah, and, you know, we saw it at Spurs especially. Um, where you know, just take turns chomping them down, and he's had a lot of provocation. I think he got, he got a little bit, he lost us like a little bit last night, didn't he, One stage, yeah. Um, but that's something that he's got to learn. You know, another one of the things you have to learn with is you know, to be a top player, you've got to be able to, you know, take the uh, you know, take the bad, bad, you know, the tactical foul and stuff like that, and and live with it and and work, work around it. But yeah, top player. And hopefully, we'll come in a player at the very top end of the, the, the Fraser League and hopefully at Evan.
0: And, and lads, just before we do predictions, then obviously now it's a very, very, very outside chance. I think we all have afterwards, it's probably going to be out of our the season. Do you think now we'll see a little bit more rotation from Carlo and a little bit more experimentation starting with Wolves, or do you still think? He's gonna take the especially against Wolves who are kind of gonna be our seemingly our rivals next season for these top six, seven, eight places. Do you still think we might see a, a pretty strong team, or, or do you think now in these final few games we are gonna see very, very different team selections each each
2: time? Um, I'm not sure if we'll see very, very different. I think we will see a little bit of rotation, especially for this uh Wolves game, because you know, Carlo Ancelotti had his press conference today, didn't he? And he was saying that uh well, he made he made a, a very clear point that Wolves have had one day extra to recover from their match uh, ahead of, ahead of this weekend. And he was saying that you know playing playing Thursday to Sunday, his players won't have ample time to recover. So there will be I I, I would expect to see maybe I don't know maybe four or five changes, perhaps it it, it, it would all perhaps depend on uh, what system uh, we were going to use. You know maybe maybe we'd see Moyes Keane come in. Theo Walcott seems like somebody who might come in. Uh, Sadibi might come in. Uh, fingers crossed. Mason Holgate might be fit again. Uh, he's going to be checked over tomorrow, so fingers crossed he'll be fit enough, and he might be able to step into the side as well. Of course, we've got you know some of the quality of Leighton Baines on the bench as well. If we wanted to give Luca Dean a bit of a rest, uh, so I think for, yeah, as you say, for the last few games, it's starting to look like it's a it's a very outside chance. Indeed, I think that's probably putting it a little bit lightly that uh, we would qualify for these European places. So I do think we need to start rotating the squad as much as we possibly can, you know, give just give Carlo Ancelotti a chance to get one final look at these players before the transfer window, give them their last sort of chance to impress perhaps in a, in a couple of cases and just try and experiment that little bit more and see what kind of combinations are going to work for us going into next season because You know, the transfer window is going to be important, of course. Like, we obviously do need to add quality, but it can't be the be-all and end-all. We can't go in and say, right, we're going to get rid of all these players and we're going to get another, like, 10 players in or something like that. It's just not how it's going to work. Like, a lot lot of these players are going to be at the club still next season. And Carlo Ancelotti is going to have to work with a lot of them and he's going to have to try and find combinations that are going to work uh, for the majority of next season. So, why not? Start the work on that now. Uh, we've got a few games here. Uh, obviously, it's not the perfect circumstances to be doing it, but I think you know, no time at the present to just get that started and you know, experiment a little bit more and just yeah, see if we can see if we can find something new to work with because uh, what we what we've been doing in the last two games certainly uh, certainly hasn't been working. Gav tempted to throw you
0: the kids in
1: tempted to. Uh,
0: got,
1: or anything like that. Nah, I can see can see a few changes, um, maybe forced upon us through, through injury and, and poor form. But goes back to what I've saying before: is be conscious of the Premier League position and how much money you get for each place as well. Here, um, yeah. and I mean I've got some limited options, but I would like to see going back to what I said before. I'd like to see maybe Carvalho giving the rest for a, a game or two. Yeah, I'm always keen up there. Somebody if Theo is available, sort of. Wides right, if you come and system nine four four two um, for for the start, Um midfield as you just said in the middle, our options are limited. Uh, I, I do think I'm on that option there, the six and the Davis Scrub and Davis and Gomez, by the way, Um and and just take it from there. I mean, I mean that let's face it. What I would say is, be ended up on a positive defensively over the five or six games. You've been okay, haven't we?
2: Yeah.
1: We've not really been, you know, we've spent most of the time talking about midfield, you know, podcasts I've been on, some about midfield maybe, lack of caverns, lack of goals and stuff like that. We've forgotten actually that defensively we've been reasonably okay. We've been, you know, we've been sound um, under some pressure in some some games, especially at Goodison. So I don't see the defence being changed much, which is a good sign for the defence. If it names itself each week, that means that you're doing something okay. I, I, I don't see anybody saying for the defense at the moment. So oh, we need to bring such and such here, whatever. Somebody's in bad form. So that's be, that's been a good positive thing for us in in, in these four or five matches.
0: Just before uh, before we go, it's Wolves on Sunday. After the last two games, are we feeling confident. Adam, score prediction.
2: Um, I wouldn't exactly say I'm feeling confident. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I say, I think we will see a, f- a few changes in this one, and I'm hoping that those changes can maybe inject a bit of energy back into us. Uh, Wolves have had an extremely long season; there. their season started last July, of course, didn't it? Uh, with their Europa League exploits, but they seem to have coped with it all quite well, and it doesn't it doesn't really seem to be affecting them in terms of like physicality or anything like that. So, I think it will certainly be a tough game. I'm going to go for a. One one draw. One one,
1: Gov. Um yeah, well the Bulls have lost the last two Premier League games, haven't he? They? And they've still got a yeah. Europa League uh, campaign to look to. I'm just wondering if they've got half an eye on that. Uh to be honest with you. Um so I I am contracted obliged to say we're gonna win one then the Rich Allison's gonna score. <laughs> on, on, on the ground that he scored twice on his Evan didn't he? So he's got previous yeah. there. So I've gotta go with that, haven't I? Um, but I always say Quite, that most weeks, and it never happens, so we'll <laughs> see.
0: Quite positive for you, that guy. I thought you would have maybe gone for like 7 nil Wolves or
1: uh, eight uh, Here's one for you. Last time we got beat 7 nil at Wolves, we won the title, Sam 1939. Hey, I'd take 7 nil <laughs> if it meant we won the league next season,
0: yeah, yeah. So there you go, that's the <laughs>
1: start of the day.
0: Well, hopefully, when we uh, when we rejoin you all next, next week. Wolf's game on Monday for the latest edition of the podcast we'll be talking about a win I think it'll be a big win as well after the disappointment of the last two games thank you very much for joining us and as always send your comments your thoughts and any questions you want answering to our Facebook page or to us on Twitter which I'm sure you can all find thank you very much for joining thank you very much for listening Gav thanks for coming on as well we'll speak to you all next week this has been the Royal Blue Podcast
1: you've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo